Welcome back, everybody, to today's podcast. Instead of doing a couple of promos, I'm just going to throw out a bunch of stuff that we have going on for the month of March um, because it seems like spring is coming and that means summer is coming as well. And in our life, that means hunting season is coming. That means summit season is coming, adventuring, all that kind of stuff. So here's a f- just a few things that we have going on and we would love you to be a part of. Uh, The first one is Gritty Films dropping new videos starting today for I don't know how many weeks, but it's going to be quite quite a while. So every Sunday, Gritty drops a new film. Uh, This today, which would be the 26th, he dropped the first Coos Deer series video where they are hunting Coos Deer um, in Mexico. And it's really good. I enjoyed it. I think you're going to get a lot more back you're going to get a little more backstory um, and just spending more time with Brian and Ryan, which I think a lot of people want and just kind of their strategy and what they're looking for and all that. And it's beautiful country as well. And the cues deer are so cute and they're little. And, um, but go check that out today. There's going to be two giveaways that go along with the gritty films um, for this month. And the first one we're doing called the Stealthy Hunter giveaway. So Stealthy Giveaway, go to StealthyHunter.com. Every $10 you purchase, whatever you want on the website, every $10 you're going to get an entry into this giveaway when you use the code GRITTY. You have to use the code GRITTY, otherwise we can't track it. So use the code GRITTY. um, And you also get a discount with that code. So you are getting something from it. You're getting a discount and you're getting an entry for every $10 into our giveaway. Our giveaway consists of a PSE bow, uh, and you're going to get day six arrows and broadheads. Then you're going to get a Go Hunt lifetime membership, and you're going to get $500 to spend at the Go Hunt store. And then the big one is you're going to get a spot to the Archery Elk Western Hunting Summit. This is the third giveaway we've given this year for the Western Hunting Summit. And uh, we've got two former winners um, and this third one, we're really excited to give away. Um, And this will probably be one of the last giveaways we give for the Western Hunting Summit. Um, So that giveaway is for every $10 spent at stealthyhunter.com. The second one is at the gritty uh, store.com. Gritty is doing his own giveaway. You're going to get an initial ascent backpack. You're going to get some crispy boots. You're going to get some sheep feed orthotics, um, some peak skaters, headlamp, and sissy sticks. And every $10, again, you spend at Gritty store gives you one entry. Now, the cool thing about Gritty store is Gritty's sister um, is does the Gritty store and he gives all the proceeds to her and her family. They've built this store and it's just swag and stuff like that. So go to Gritty store if you want to support Gritty, buy some swag, support his family, um, and you will get entered to get that giveaway. So, I mean, hey, you could, you know, go to both places and just spend a little bit of money and possibly win these amazing giveaways. All right. So those are the Gritty films and those have put really us on the map. We owe a lot to Gritty. Uh, Ryan and Gritty's uh, friendship is super important and they are true hunting partners and uh, we want to give all our love to, to Gritty. So please go watch those films, make comments on the YouTube, you know, let's, um, let's get these films up, share on social media. That would be great. So 
Okay. Second is speaking of the Western hunting summit, we now know where we're going to be. So we know that all the people that have bought tickets to this point literally still don't know where we're going to have this because we've had a difficult time securing a ranch this year. Ryan always wants to mix it up and get someplace new, get a different feel. Uh, Montana is a huge state and there are so many different ecosystems here. And um, he really, you know, one of probably his favorite places is the breaks and the breaks is in Northeast Montana. It's kind of out in that coolies and a high prairie. Uh, it's way out there. I mean, it's kind of like going to the moon, even when you live in Montana, but um, we were able to secure a ranch right at the edge of the breaks with a lot of property and some amazing um, country as well as lots of animals. So we got wild sheep, big wild sheep. We actually just went to the Montana Wild Sheep Foundation banquet last night. Ryan's a lifetime member. Um, everybody always is hoping they're going to win the sheep hunt every year. Um, I was able to get in the auction, win in one of the auctions, um, Henry's rifle for him, which was really cool. It's kind of like an old school mountain man um, gun. It's a 44 Magnum. I think, I, I don't know a whole lot about guns people, but it looks so cool. And when I saw that gun, I was just like, that looks like my mountain man husband should be shooting that gun because I remember when we first got together, there were these old pictures of Ryan where he went elk hunting with his uncle in Idaho and they used to hunt with muzzle loaders. Just something about that old school hunting. That's like really attractive to me and when I saw that Henry's I was like oh yeah my husband has to have that plus the donation you know it's basically a donation to the wild sheep foundation it gives them money to put sheep back on the mountain so if you are a sheep hunter and Ryan's not a sheep hunter he's never hunted sheep but I mean it's very hard to draw a tag uh, but we do support the wild sheep because they are doing tons of conservation to keep these animals that were pretty much almost extinct um, you know help with the disease and help to keep them on the mountain. So, you know, people like us can even just enjoy them at the Western Hunting Summit to see them out there in their natural habitat um, will be pretty awesome. So if you uh, haven't already thought about coming to the summit, we would love to have you. Unfortunately, the second one is sold out. So combo is sold out, but we do have some openings left for archery elk, which is really weird because normally we sell out of archery elk first. But this year we sold out of combo first. Maybe it's just the dates or whatnot. And so the dates that we have for that uh, that first archery elk summit are June fifteenth uh, through the eighteenth. You can actually also add on an extra day if you want. So Ryan and Mark and Gritty will be taking guys out just for a full day on the fourteenth. So if you want to add an extra day, you can do that. Um, and that's going to be out in the breaks. And so we'll be sharing that information as soon as we can, as well as the speaker list and everything else. Those of you who have already paid and are coming, you're getting this heads up, but we will also be sending you emails with all the deets on that. And uh, so finally excited to announce that. Um, you can also take your chances by going to SaltyHunter.com, buy something, and maybe you will win. This will probably be our last giveaway, like I said. So um, you can try that. All right. Uh, let's see. What else do I have going on? Uh, we do again have our sleep gummies and our sour peach ones. 
are going to be here hopefully tomorrow. We're going to start shipping those out. Awesome flavor. I think everybody's going to love it. The sleep gummies were our biggest seller before they went back ordered for three months. And now we're not going to have that problem. And I'm really excited about that. So check that out. And that's going to go, you know, when you listen to this podcast today about the ECS system, um, it'll help you understand a whole lot more about your own body and um, how these, um, these plant medicines can help you. Tomorrow, I am on a plane to Costa Rica to celebrate my 50th birthday with my best friends, uh, one from high school, my very best friend from high school, and a couple other girlfriends. And we are going to go relax and enjoy the warm weather. And uh, I'm super excited. So I wanted to get all this out because I am not working for the next week. I'll be sharing on social media, but that's about all I will be doing. Um, Let's see. Okay. And before we go, we get into this podcast, a few things. Uh, one last thing. In two podcasts ago, I did the podcast, Find Your Mountain with Matt and Taylor Payne. And we, I had thought about maybe doing some kind of group where we all supported each other and we just try to get healthy. We give challenges. And, and Taylor talks in that podcast about how she at work set up this challenge and, uh, and how many people they put money in the pot and whoever at the end is the best, they win the money. She's also doing week, um, monthly hikes where they're going and at the, at the top, they're doing scripture and all this stuff. So she's doing a ton of stuff to get her community healthier and her and Matt, I think just having changed their entire lives and Matt basically coming back from the brink of what could have been um, the worst case scenario is he's just motivated to share and to help other people. So this is a totally free group where we don't have any way to put money in the pot or do anything. I mean, I guess we could, but this is like a national international community. Like that would be really hard. So this is more just like, if you want to be part of a group and we want to hold each other accountable, you can go to stealthyhunter.com on the front page, just scroll down and you will see a place where you can put your email in. And once we get the challenge figured out, we're going to share that to the email list of people that are interested in. There may be five people on there. There may be 500 people on there. I mean, that would be super cool. But if you need more motivation, if you want people to help, you know, if you just want to post on social media, we'll have a hashtag. We'll be keeping each other accountable. I'll try to do my best. I mean, I need a group as much as everybody else does. And so, um, we're going to have that group. So if you want to be part of the find your mountain group, which probably is going to start mid-March, I'm not sure how long it's going to go for. We'll have all the details in the email. You can go to stealthyhunter.com and be part of that group. I also have some really exciting announcements for this spring and next fall that I am putting together for you ladies out there. Uh, and probably going to be more slanted at the ladies who don't hunt in the fall, but um, I'm just looking to bring more healthy information to women my age, to the hunting wives out there, um, just to help you like connect with yourselves as well and um, help your health. And just so we again can continue to build community, but uh, I'm working on that stuff. So I will announce that when that is all finalized. Otherwise, okay. I hope everybody gets something out of this podcast today. Again, it's another health podcast. Hopefully you learned something and I will be thinking of all of you while I am on the beach siesting in Costa Rica. Ciao.
If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that Ryan and I have been big advocates of CBD. If you go way back to podcast number 74, was just actually over a hundred podcasts ago, we did a podcast with our friend Matt and he was really the one that kind of got us motivated into this whole realm of how CBD can help to heal, support um, many of the systems in our body. And I think sometimes now that we've been selling CBD products for a couple of years, we've been pretty successful at it. The community here has embraced it. I still find myself getting questions though from all of you out there related to, you know, why exactly would I take CBD and what is CBD influencing? And, you know, what is CBD? It's probably the biggest question I get, um, aside from how can it help me? Now, as you know, on our website, we have to be fairly vague. Um, there is regulation on CBD. And so with the with websites and making claims, it's just really not a good thing to do because you can sort of get flagged. But here, I wanted to just talk a little bit more about what we're seeing, what are the benefits that we're seeing in clients, and maybe why you might want to try uh, CBD. Now, we know that not everybody can take CBD. There's some medical reasons why you can't. Um, maybe you're in the military. Maybe you're a first responder. Maybe you're a police officer. Uh, maybe you get drug tested. And we have talked about this in previous podcasts about drug testing and CBD. We do not encourage taking CBD if you get drug tested at this time, but um, we have a very large population of people who are using our products, having satisfaction with them, and we are seeing really amazing things happen. I thought it would be great today to just touch on a few, the reason why these cannabinoids are so important and what they're affecting. In your body, you have what's called an endocannabinoid system. Again, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, and you can Google it, you can read about it, but the endocannabinoid system is actually a system within our body. This is where our body has receptors all over the place, our nervous system, our organs, our gut, um, for what are called endocannabinoids. Now, endo means in, cannabinoid is the specific substance or molecule that attaches to these, what they call the endocannabinoid systems. And actually how they came up with the name endocannabinoid, they discovered this system when they were researching the use of cannabis actually. And they found that phytocannabinoids, which are cannabinoids from the cannabis plant, like in the CBD, the hemp plant that we're getting our extractions from, um, they, those are called phytocannabinoids. So they're not within our body. Our body does not make them, but plants make them. And they have the affinity for these receptors, just like our own endocannabinoid, just like our own endocannabinoid system. Now, <clears throat> there's two main endocannabinoids that people talk about when they talk about what does our, what endocannabinoids is my body making? So the first one is called anandamide, and anandamide is also known as, this is a very ridiculous long name, but it's also known as AEA, -E 
And it was discovered in 1992, back when they were starting to find these systems. And uh, so it's fairly new, you know. Um, I got out of high school in 1991. So this really hasn't been around that long. I mean, I'm old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> and then the next uh, endocannabinoid is called 2-AG. And again, this is short for 2-arachidonylglycerol. And researchers found this one in 1994 when they were um, interacting with cannabinoid receptors. So they found this within the body. Um, these are the two most studied and researched endocannabinoids, anandamide and 2-AG. Now, what these products do is they go in and they have specific functions within the body that they help to support. But overall, what cannabinoids do in our system and how the e ECS system facilitates this is through homeostasis. Now, one of the first things you learn when you start to learn medicine of any kind is we learn the word homeostasis. And in biology, this is really important because the theory behind it is that everything is trying to move towards balance. Now that can seem impossible, but that's what the body is trying to do. And so when a system is in balance, health tends to be at its most optimal. Um, and so homeostasis is really defined as the tendency toward a relatively stable equilibrium between interdependent elements, especially as maintained by physiological processes. Um, basically all that saying is it's trying to create balance in the body through these systems. Um, and so when any, when, when something happens in the body, when anything happens in the body, um, your ECS system is trying to maintain homeostasis. Um, and this process is even more true um, when things go wrong in your body. Um, your ECS system will jump into action and it will ensure that you have these endocannabinoids like anandamide and 2-AG around and um, how, how they're going to interact with the right receptors that you need it for. And then um, there's also what's called enzymes that break the endocannabinoids down so that when you're done using them, you can break them down and eliminate them. And there's two enzymes that are probably, again, the most studied. So the two major ECS enzymes that are breaking down these endocannabinoids are called monoacylglycerol lipase or MAGL um, and the fatty acid amide hydrolase, FAAH. So this breaks down 2-AG and anandamide respectively. So you need the endocannabinoids of anandamide and 2-AG to go attached to the receptor. And then when you've used up that molecule, that endocannabinoid, your body then needs to use these enzymes of the MAGL or the FAAH, and they need to cleave that, break those endocannabinoids up so that your body can eliminate them. And um, this is how there's always this balance of, I need a little bit more, I need a little bit less, my upregulating uh, up receptors and having these endocannabinoids not only be able to attach the receptors and do their job, but also to be appropriately broken down in balance with them attaching to the receptors so that you can get rid of them. And this system is actually highly integrated into what we call the neurotransmitter system. Neurotransmitters work a lot like this as well. So there's a presynaptic neuron and a postsynaptic neuron. Basically what that means is there's two ends to a neuron and 
it goes from one to the other. That's how signals get sent through the nervous system. So those neurotransmitters um, and are put into what we call the presynaptic cleft, which is the space between the two. And you secrete the neurotransmitter. There are receptors with um, in that postsynaptic, um, the postsynaptic neuron that these neurotransmitters attach to. They do their work, and then there's enzymes that break down the neurotransmitters so they can be, you know, eliminated from the body, and you don't just keep like reusing them over and over again. So, one of the best examples of how this process is working. Um, is how your is basically how the ECS system regulates systems in your body. So this is true in reproduction. This is true in immune responses, um, even feeding behaviors like uh, appetite, appetite control, energy metabolize metabolism. Um, it the ECS participates in the digestive tract and metabolic systems. Um, this is why we can actually see CBD helping so many of these um, irritable bowel disease, like Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, which are autoimmune conditions. Um, we've, we have ourselves and myself have seen great uh, help with autoimmune conditions with CBD, but specifically in the gut, you're going to see benefit with those. Um, and then... Um, other examples of the ECS regulating systems is in the pain response, again, digestion, cardiovascular activity, your bone mass, your hormonal balance, um, and should I say tumor cell inhibition. So that's where a lot of research is actually going into cancer research. Um, and so this ECS system it's fairly new to us. We we're just starting to understand it in the last couple of decades is that CBD and THC, which there's, and there's hundreds of other cannabinoids like CBN. We have products with CBN in them for sleep and relaxation. Um, they each have affinity for certain uh, CB receptors. So you've got CB1 receptors and you got CB2 receptors. So THC is going to have a, much more affinity for the neurological system and those CB1 receptors, which are in the central nervous system. So this is why you get the more um, psychoactive effect of THC. CBD also attaches to those receptors in the central nervous system. And it's also attaching to uh, CB CB2 receptors in the gut and any or other organ systems. But CBD does not have the psychoactive quality that THC does. And hemp, which is where we're getting our CBD from, hemp is used bread to have high CBD content, lower THC content. And obviously to sell it, we have to sell it, it has to be less than 0.3% THC, which is very small. And most of our CBDs are even lower than that on full spectrum. Um, so the CBD cannabinoid attaches to those CB1 and CB2 receptors, and then it does a multitude of functions throughout the body. So just like your own endocannabinoids, your anandamide, your 2-AG, these phytocannabinoids through CBD, THC, CBN, uh, CBG, there's a bunch of them, they're going in and they're attaching to certain receptors and they're having certain effects on the body. They're trying to create, again, balance in that, that homeostasis, they're trying to create that balance within the body 
if there's a deficiency, if there's a problem. So some of the protective roles of this ECS system, again, where, what, what systems are we going to see the most um, effective? In what systems are we going to see the roles of this ECS being really strong? Um, the main one is, again, the nervous, nervous system, which we talked about last time because of how these endocannabinoids are actually secreted and used. Um, so the ECS system protects the brain from damage related to injuries, such as traumatic brain injury, epilepsy, stroke. Um, it does the same for chronic neurogenic diseases, such as Alzheimer's, multiple sclerosis, and Parkinson's. These, of course, are kind of like the worst case scenario in neurological diseases. But I would say a lot of times the average person um, has had at least one traumatic brain injury, if not a concussion. Um, maybe you have had a history of stroke. Maybe you have history of epilepsy as well. Um, all of these things can damage the nervous system as we see with a lot of symptoms that come with these conditions. And so um, thinking about the nervous system and balancing the nervous system, your own endocannabinoids are doing that. So your anandamide and your 2-AG are actually neuroprotective for your body. So that, that's one system that's helpful for. Um, another one is mood disorders. Um, and again, I would say that this is a system that is highly integrated with the nervous system. Your endocannabinoids are very neuroprotective. They protect your nervous system from the insults of injury. And so they've seen too that these phytocannabinoids could possibly also help this. Um, other things to think about are mood disorders. And um, so again, we're looking for balance. We're looking for that homeostasis. And the ECS system, especially in mood, plays a big piece in how balanced we might feel with our mood. So we've got depression, anxiety, we've got schizophrenia, um, which is obviously a more severe um, mental condition. But these mood disorders are vast and they range from, you know, very slight to, to very severe. But um, if your ECS system is not being able to balance that, then we might see more extreme. Now, of course, conditions like schizophrenia, there's lots of genetic components to this. But when we're talking about protection, I think you always have to ask the question, is there something within a person? Is there an imbalance somewhere? Is that, has that gene been turned on either by, it was like that their whole life, or was there something that became imbalanced? And over time, that stress and that imbalance created the condition, right? And so when we think about these endocannabinoids within our body, everybody makes different levels of these. So anandamide is traditionally known as a painkiller. And it helps with pain and it helps people be happy. So when we're talking about mood disorders, if somebody is maybe more pessimistic, maybe somebody has more chronic pain, maybe you take two people off the street, they both have the exact same injury or they have the exact same traumas as a child, or let's take PTSD, for example, lots of different variations of PTSD. And sometimes there's people that don't get PTSD. So then we have to ask the question, do those people possibly make more anandamide? Do they have more ECS protection in their body than per se another person who doesn't? 
this is really interesting because this system is so intricately interwoven into our nervous system. It's hard for us to completely separate it from all the other systems and say that it doesn't have an influence on the nervous system. It doesn't have an influence on digestion. It doesn't have an influence on hormones because it's pretty intricately woven into all of our other systems. So you can imagine people that have mood disorders, they may be experiencing uh, a dysfunction in their ECS system. Um, and the other thing that's really important is that your mood really is coming from your brain and it's a brain activity. So there's receptors in the central nervous system for these endocannabinoids, right? And um, the part of the brain that's responsible for emotional recall and regulation is called the hippocampus. It also has to do with social behaviors. So, you know, what you believe to be okay socially to say, to do, whatever. So social behaviors that we have are in this area of the hippocampus. And um, it's very important. Um, the hypothalamus, which is another part of the brain, is also involved in emotions like pleasure, aversion, displeasure, rage, um, among, among a bunch of other stuff in the central nervous system. So um, one reason is there is so there is an abundance of these ECS receptors um, in both the hippocampus and the hypothalamus. And so you can see how having an imbalance there might cause some of these mood disorders, right? All right, another area that it's very restorative for is sleep. Sleep is a big discussion today. Um, I think it's one of the pillars of health and um, getting adequate uninterrupted sleep is absolutely essential to, to and, and vital for your health. Um, your ECS system helps regulate that sleep. Um, it protects you from the fallout of not getting enough sleep. Um, and the biggest thing that will happen to people as they age, if they have poor sleep, is it's been highly correlated to cardiovascular disease. So risk of heart disease and um, diabetes and inflammation, again, mood disorders, going back to that, um, obesity, which is kind of low-grade inflammation, and then of course, susceptible, susceptibility to other diseases. And so sleep deprivation is used for a torture for a reason. It's not good for us in so many ways. But when your ECS is balanced and you have enough of these feel good um, endocannabinoids attaching to receptors, doing the neurotransmission, uh, not just in the nervous system, but transmission all over the body, then you can be somewhat balanced and you can fall asleep and you can stay asleep. You get that nice deep and you get REM sleep, all the things that are important. Now you throw in there, you know, stress, um, little kids, diseases like we just talked about, um, high stress at work, um, poor sleep environment, uh, environmental influences, and blue light, electronics, EMFs, a poor diet, not enough, not enough hydration, eating too late at night. I mean, the list goes on and on. People don't sleep good. And so um, we can see that that can eventually also wreak havoc on your ECS system. So over time, your poor sleep makes it worse for your ECS. It can't balance it out anymore. Um, and also, if you are 
making some of these chemicals, you know, not as abundant as other people, maybe you don't sleep well because the ECS system is not able to balance that as well. So this is why CBD and other cannabinoids may help sleep. Some people, I noticed that uh, the CBD ramps up, ramps them up, makes them energetic, good, gives them a good mood. And some people, it chills them out, it makes them want to go to sleep, it calms them down. So I think that that's the plant going in and doing this balancing act, trying to figure out where in your ECS system, do you need the most balance? So maybe somebody who's high, strong, anxious, um, having over kind of um, mood enhancement as far as like maybe anxiety and they aren't sleeping, maybe they need to chill out a little bit. And so their part, that part of their ECS system is going to be most affected by these, this receptor activity and or maybe your body realizes you don't need to break those down. You need to keep them around longer. So you don't have enzymes breaking them down as much, right? So there's a few different mechanisms that we could see here, but um, that's one thing. Another one is just inflammation in general. And so your ECS protects your brain. Um, uh, so one of the ways that the ECS helps balance inflammation is that it um, helps to uh, it helps to protect your brain through what's called neural detoxification. Um, and basically all that means is detoxification of the brain. Um, so it does this by taking antioxidant activity. Um, and then beyond your brain from damage to this, your ECS. Let's see. So how it does this in your brain is we kind of think of the ECS the activity of the anandamide and the 2-AG, um, these are it's kind of like an antioxidant, okay? It's an antioxidant in the body. The CBD, is that, that phytocannabinoid is kind of the same thing. It's an antioxidant, an antioxidant in the body. And that activity provides release, re relief from oxidant stress in your life. So, you know, um, free radicals uh, are things like smoking cigarettes and sitting in traffic and eating bad food and... Um, you know, living in polluted areas, like there's a lot of different things. So that's why we need antioxidants. I mean, we're constantly being bombarded with oxidant damage and that's really what's making us age along with other things. And so those antioxidants within us, like in the endocannabinoid system are helping to clean up the brain, clean up all the oxidant damage in the nervous system. And, um, and so by doing that, increasing antioxidant capacity, decreasing free radicals, we decrease inflammation. So that's another area that's really helpful. And the ECS is important for cell behavior. So what does that mean? Um, your cells all have this thing called mitochondria, and we know them as powerhouses of the cell. They are where your cell actually produces energy. Okay. Mitochondria are essential. And when mitochondria aren't working, well, basically if all your mitochondria stopped working, you die instantly. But if mitochondria are slowing down or they're toxic um, for a lot of different reasons, uh, then there can be dysfunction in the body, right? So the cell behavior will change if the mitochondria are basically not being fed and are not as efficient as they should be at producing energy. Um, and... One of the important things about the cell as well is that your cells go through this 
they, they have to be killed. Like they go through what's called apoptosis. So your immune system is going through your body at all times and it's looking for cells that don't look right, basically. And the, it's killing those cells. Um, also, as we age, you know, our cells get older too and they die. So we are constantly having cells rebuilding, cells being killed, cells dying, and we are releasing those from our body. And so um, it's when cell development and these systems aren't working very well, apoptosis is not happening, like the immune system is not able to identify cells that may become cancer. This is when a lot of these problems like cancer happen. It's because there's like this unregulated cellular activity that the rest of the body is not cluing into. And um, that's, if, if your cells can't be killed through apoptosis or whatnot, then basically the cell just kind of grows and it forgets that it has a time to die. And this is again, where you see that increased spread growth Etc. Um, with cancer, and your ECS system is helping you regulate cell growth, so that you have new cells created that are appropriate, and when they need to be di to die, they should die. Okay, your ECS is helping to regulate that, so your own internal system is regulating basically cell cellular replication and death, which is very important. Um, okay, and then. We did talk about the nervous system quite a bit, but that's that's another um, that's probably one of the most important systems that we have here. So, you know, the role of your um, ECS is also to help you with repair. If you want to think about things like cancer, so again, back to that cellular um, cell death in cancerous cells, that apoptosis. That's what we want. We want cells before they get to cancer or they're getting, they're thinking about it. We want the, the body to kill those cells. Some of these endocannabinoids, uh, as well as phytocannabinoids has, have been shown to suppress, um, a gene specifically that's responsible for the spread of these cancerous cells, um, and inhibits the angiogenesis or basically the blood supply to the cancerous cells. And this is, I think, a big area of interest in cancer research is, um, is our own endocannabinoid system and how levels of our own endocannabinoids are affecting apoptosis and or cancer growth and maybe, um, reversal of cancer growth. And then, you know, the phytocannabinoids as well, substances coming from the outside that do attach to these ES, ECS receptors that may actually be tumor suppressors. So something to think about there. Um, obviously nerve repair, so post any type of injury. And then if you have neuro, any neuropathy or anything, um, that is one reparative role of the ECS system is to help heal up your nerves. Obviously the central nervous system, which is your brain and spinal cord, um, helping that get more balanced. So helping with those conditions we talked about before, like insomnia, sleep disorders, mood disorders, um, like depression, anxiety. And then another big one is pain because we feel pain and that's coming from our central nervous system. And anandamide specifically is well known for uh, stopping pain again, like I said, and these people are also happier. There, There is a condition and I can't remember it right off the, the top of my head, but it's a very, very, very rare condition. I've actually watched a document documentary on it before, 
people that have so much anandamide that they feel zero pain. And that sounds like it would be really great. Like you feel no pain in your body. It's actually very dangerous. So these people have to be watched all the time. Um, I mean, they could like stick their hand burner and just not even feel it. Like they wouldn't know they could get in a scalding hot bathtub and burn their skin off and they wouldn't feel it. So as you can imagine, it's very dangerous because these people can die from infection and stuff from like cutting their finger. They can't feel it, um, et cetera. So very interesting. The, the other interesting thing though about these people, they're like superhero um, pain resilience. They're also very happy. They have very good moods. They don't have any depression. And that's because they got all this anandamide around in there. Uh, just you know, the ECS system is really soaking that up. So again, there's, you know, there's extremes here. And what we're looking for is that balance. So the other systems are immune system. It can help to repair the immune system. And um, we have seen some use. I mean, I've seen use in myself using CBD post-COVID. Um, I've seen it working with people that have kind of chronic immune conditions. And the biggest one is anti, um, is autoimmune conditions. So we've seen it help numerous autoimmune conditions, including Crohn's disease, um, ankylosing spondylitis, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus. Um, again, going back to like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and MS, those are all autoimmune conditions. Um, any inflammatory disorders, it can actually be really remarkable. But your own endocannabinoids are also responsible for a lot of that and repairing these systems um, if they're off or even to just create balance, you know. So the cannabinoid receptors located all over the place um, and these, these two uh, endocannabinoids and then the two enzymes that help to break them down so they can be gotten rid of um, when they've been used up, all very important system. Now the phytocannabinoids are acting a lot like um, these endocannabinoids. Interesting though, they're not exactly the same. So CBD is actually helping your own anandamide attached to its receptor. Super interesting, right? THC, which is a cannabinoid, can bind strongly to let's say CB1 receptors and they can cause the hallucinations, the paranoia, uh, the anxiety, whatever some people get. CBD can come in and actually kick THC out of the receptor site and you can detox somebody from too much THC. So again, they have very, they have both have affinity for the endocannabinoid receptor, but CBD has stronger affinity that can kick out the THC. We've also seen this happen with people that are addicted to opioids. So we have in our body, we have opioid receptors. And this is where we attach things like morphine, heroin, fentanyl, um, and um, the... There's lots of natural opioids, right? Like poppy was the original uh, opioid. And then, of course, there's all of these synthetic opioids that we've created in the pharmaceutical company. Um, you know, the, the downside of opioids is that there's a ton of um, side effects 
and there's kind of long-term consequence sometimes to them. Um, and they can also cause death. And I don't know of any documented case where somebody died from uh, using uh, cannabinoids from hemp or even um, marijuana. Um, people can get pretty out of their mind and maybe people have died from car accidents and stuff like that. But opioids, as we well know in this country, is an epidemic of vast proportions of people abusing these drugs and in a lot of cases, overdosing. Um, we're having a massive problem with fentanyl, as I'm sure everybody's aware of, and it's pretty scary how much fentanyl it takes to kill you. It's not very much. And so there are dangers of opioids and downsides that are um, not very, very good, including, you know, liver damage. Um, and they can actually make pain worse after a while. So, and the other thing with an opioid is you need more to get the same effect over time. So this is where addiction comes in. Um, and this is not necessarily true with these other plant cannabinoids. Let's see. So when we think about the endocannabinoid system um, and opioids, you know, people are usually trying to kill pain, whether it be physical pain, whether it be emotional pain, whatever, but usually pain is kind of that trigger. So Somewhere within the system, that ECS system is not balanced. The, those uh, endocannabinoids are not working. They're not creating homeostasis. And also, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, we hand out opioids before we recommend somebody do something like medical cannabis or some of these other pain strategies. And that can be where a big problem can start because then people become very dependent to the opioid and you have to have more and more. It has to be quite tightly regulated. Um, and this is where addiction can really set in. Um, you know, sometimes opioids are necessary. And I think any of us who have had severe injuries or been in the hospital, um, they're a miracle. They really are. They can kill, kill pain quite quickly. But over the long term, we can see them doing damage that, you know, if we could avoid that, that that would be great. And so there is definitely benefit to using phytocannabinoids um, in replacement of some of these hardcore drugs, even things like NSAIDs. NSAIDs are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like Advil, ibuprofen, um, Aleve. And they like over time kind of do damage as well. They have side effects to the stomach, to the liver. Um, I've seen people have horrible gastritis and ulcers from overtaking these things due to pain. And the CBD, again, is something that will go in and try to figure out where that imbalance is and then try to regulate it. So that's one of the reasons I would try to prefer people doing something like CBD first or some of the other pain um, molecules like PEA. There's a bunch of different ones, herbs like turmeric um, and other anti-inflammatory herbs and nutrients, right, to start. All right, so I hope that gives you a better idea of the system that the CBD is affecting. Um, you know, there's always so much to learn and I feel like I am constantly, constantly learning. I love to read and so when I get time, I'm always trying to read new things. Um, I love to read novels actually, <laughs> but I'm also really drawn to uh, research and information on these systems 
that are always changing. Like we are learning more and more and more as we go through. I think to leave you with my last thought about this is obviously using and uh, facilitating your own endocannabinoid system to be as healthy as it can is really important. So your own anandamide, your own 2-AG, your own enzymatic system, um, having those molecules working for you is the best. And we know that following kind of the basic naturopathic principles, I hate to say that they're naturopathic, they should just be health principles in general. But um, we, you know, we really as naturopaths have worked at trying to educate our patients in these areas as much as we can. Um, you know, the, the, the best way to balance your ECS system is to one, get adequate sleep. Again, you'll clean your brain out. You'll balance your ECS system. Those molecules will be able to do the job that they need to do um, in helping your sleep. So making sure you're working on your sleep routine and you're trying to get adequate, good, healthy sleep. Not just being in bed for 10 hours and waking up in the morning like a train hit you and feeling like you didn't get any rest at all, really working to improve your overall quality of sleep. And the other one is diet. Diet is so important. And again, just like these phytocannabinoids, these are coming from plants, you know, uh, food is also going to interact with this ECS system. And so if your diet is crud, then you know it's going to affect other systems like your digestive system and your immune system. So we know it's affecting the ECS system. So having a healthy diet and adequate, I'm going to put a plug in here for protein, especially you aging men and women, adequate protein really, really important. I also like antioxidants and having foods, of array, you know, an array of colors and having that antioxidant capacity, again, really important. I've talked about this a ton. We've talked about this from the very beginning. Heal your gut up. Your gut is most of your immune system. Your gut has tons of CB receptors in them. Your ECS is working overtime on your gut. So when we talk about diet, when we talk about sleep, we talk about the gut, it's the foundation. So work on that. And if you need help with that, we have the gut restoration program on our website. You can download, we've got the supplement stack, there's diet list there. It's a great place to start. Um, but you can also find benefit from the CBD helping to heal your gut up and that e get those ECS receptors working. Um, I've seen some amazing results with gut issues in CBD. Um, lower your stress. Now this can be really hard for people to do. And sometimes people don't even know what that means. I'm sort of a stressy person. I admit to it. And so stress is something I'm always trying to work on. For me, this goes hand in hand with exercise. Exercise is the next on this list. If I don't exercise, I am more stressed, period. Just flat out. If I go exercise, it's like, it does something to me like nothing else does um, besides maybe meditation. And, um, you know, I feel like exercise is just so vital. And for me, I can just feel it cleaning out my nervous system. And, you know, the last year when I had COVID, I got sort of, I got really exercise intolerant, which sucked because that was my stress reducer. That's where I got into meditation and meditation kind of took over for half a year. Well, I healed up and it did the same thing for me. I, I was waking up in the morning. I needed to meditate. 
even though I didn't have the ex my exercise tolerance back. So for me, stress reduction and exercise go hand in hand. It's kind of a no-brainer. Um, but again, most people are not moving. And this is where I find it the most difficult with population is that we all think we're moving more than we are. We all think just because our watch says, I did 10,000 steps today that we're, we're not really moving that much. I mean, I can get 10,000 steps just cleaning my house. Now cleaning my house is actually physical activity. My aura ring has told me like, <laughs> wow, you did a great workout today. That's because I have a big house and I have to go up and down stairs. And so I am getting activity when I do that. But I mean, think about it. Our ancestors were doing that. Women were cooking, they were cleaning, they were gardening, they were carrying babies on their back. They were, you know, rocking kids around and just the amount of stuff that we were doing on two legs, you know, we were constantly moving. People just aren't, I mean, I'm not, I get up in the morning, I work out for an hour. Uh, maybe I go for a walk if I can fit it in. And then I'm like sitting at a desk all day. And I drive to work. I sit in my car for 45 minutes and I sit in my car on the way home. And what do I do when I get home at night? Do I go run 10 miles? Do I work out in the gym? Probably not because I don't like working out at night. But again, I'm cooking dinner, maybe hanging out with my kids. Summer comes, it's totally different. We're way, way, way more active because it's the Arctic here right now but I know I'm not moving as much as I should. So you need to move and that will help support that activity of the ECS system. Don't use tobacco. That's a, that's a no brainer. Um, I know there's a lot of stuff out there about nicotine use and stuff. Now that can be a little bit different, right? Like a nicotine gum or people are using it as a neurotropic because it, it is, but like tobacco smoking and vaping and vaping is horrible for you. So quit vaping if you're vaping, but Tobacco products are a no-go because they just cause tons of antioxidant damage. All right, so alcohol. I'm going to end with alcohol because nobody ever wants to talk about it, but alcohol is not good for you. And I'm guilty. I have a drink once in a while, once in a great while. Um, but it's not great for our brains and it causes a lot of imbalance in the body. So my recommendation would be drink in moderation or don't drink at all, you know, go the other way. Don't drink at all and use that other, use that time to be more active. Um, use that time to, I don't know, do something positive for yourself. But, um, yeah, so those are the things that I think to care for your own ECS system. Those are the things you need to be doing. And they're just as basic foundational principles that we all need to be doing. If you find yourself needing support, if you find yourself being in pain, being inflamed, being stressed, not sleeping, having hormonal imbalance, then these are the times to find a care provider to help you, or maybe try some of these strategies like the CBD. I mean, these are the reasons that I wanted to bring this to our population. It's not for everybody. Not everybody needs it. You know, people ask me, how do I take this? How long should I take it? And, and the first thing I say is the first thing is, well, that was, that was redundant, wasn't it? Um, this is not like, it's a plant. It's more like food. It's going to go into your system, figure out where you need the support, 
the regeneration where your anandamide maybe isn't working as well, it's going to go in and support that. But it's going to take a little bit of time. Now, some people are super quick. Like I've had patients, they're like, oh, I started taking that tincture. And like in two days, my back pain was gone. That's rare. That's really rare. But it can happen. I tell people four to six weeks consistent, take it consistently, just like food, just try it and see what you notice. If you notice that you sleep way better, awesome. Maybe take your dosing at night. If you notice that you get really stimulated and you're really creative and you have more energy, probably want to take it in the morning. Some people don't have either of those reactions and they can take it both times the day. No big deal. Um, Maybe you notice your mood improves. Maybe you notice your knee pain is getting better. Maybe your Crohn's disease isn't as bad. Um, there's a lot of things I've seen that I would not have believed could have happened with CBD. So I'll just say that. And, um, you know, this is where we all have imbalance in our life. And I take the CBD when I feel like I need it now because I've taken it long enough. I take it to help me sleep at night. And I take it in the morning if I'm going to have any caffeine because I feel like I get a better boost from it um, with the caffeine if I do that. But yeah, so, you know, that's kind of how I recommend that you would take it if you're going to do it. It does take time. It's not overnight. So think about it like that. Um, just like making lifestyle changes doesn't happen overnight. Um, I have faith that, uh, you know, so the, those are my recommendations. I just wanted to do a short podcast on the ECS system because I, um, because I get a lot of questions about it. Again, our supplement company is stealthynutrition.com. Um, you can check out all our products that we have there. We actually have new sleep gummies. Yay, finally, we've been back ordered for three months or something and they are there on the website. So really excited. Um, hopefully if you do need some sleep support, those do not have melatonin in them. Um, and we did not get into melatonin in this podcast, but it's not for everybody. So I like the CBD and the CBN and the herbs that we have in there help keep you asleep. So that's something you want to try. Uh, check that out at stealthynutrition.com. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful day. The Hunt Harvest Health Podcast and the Stealthy Hunter LLC, its managers and partners, we do not diagnose, prescribe, or replace the services of a healthcare professional. This podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment of any health condition or problem, and any questions regarding your health should be addressed to your primary care physician or other healthcare provider. Remember, I am a doctor, but I'm not your doctor.